And we're rolling. Damon, how is um, Utah treating you? It's good. It's good, yeah. We've had some some good weather, not too much snow. It's a good place to live. Oh, yeah. So for context for everyone listening, this is our officially now our second Efreda Tiger to join the podcast, me being the first. Damon and I went to the same high school. Damon, what was it like growing up in Efreda? Uh, honestly, I think it's a great place to grow up. Um, I have very fond memories of Efreda, oh, Washington. Yeah. Uh, and also like... You know, my family all still lives there. So yep. I liked it. It's kind of a place with, you know, a lot of stuff to do, but also nothing to do. So yep. you kind of have to create your yep. own fun. So yeah, I love it. I, I still am very, um, very fond of the 509 as it's referred oh, to. Yeah. I just keep, oh, yeah. my area, keep, keep my area code. I won't, I won't get a Utah phone number for that reason. Love but, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you said that there, there's so much to do but there's nothing to do. And I, that was for me like the best combination because I don't know, like I lived in Arizona for a little bit and there's, you could do anything. Like there's so many activities. You go to the mall, you go to the movies, whatever. And Efreda, you can go to the movies, you can go to the football game, you can go to timeout. Like those are the three things you can do. And outside of that, you just got to go get in trouble and it's fun. Yeah, totally. You got to find like ways to, to make your own fun. I remember like going to college and like, a lot of my friends being like, what should we do? And I just never was bored ever. Cause no. I'm like, man, there's so much to do here. Like this is, even if it's Rexburg, Idaho, like this is so much bigger than Efreda, Washington. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like and anything's bigger than Efreda. And so there's just, so, the world just feels big if you're, when you're from Efreda and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I love it. I'm, I'm still pretty fond of it. Yeah. I think I love, like, it's so interesting. I fell into this weird corner of, of Twitter that's like urban design and like city planning and things like that. And they hate like sprawl and suburbs and things like that. And I'm kind of like, I don't know, like where I grew up, I had to drive 10 minutes just to get like to town. So like a suburb, a suburb where I have to drive like three minutes to get to the grocery store. That doesn't feel like sprawl to me. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's kind of weird. I was thinking about this, like, uh, you know, I'll get in the car now and I'll drive somewhere for like 10 minutes and it doesn't seem yep. like it's that far. Um, but like growing up, like we would drive like a half hour yep. just to go to talk, just to go to Taco Bell. Yep. Like, there's nothing yep. else in our hometown. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I like some, I feel bad about living in a suburb. I live mm -hmm. in like the most cliche suburb spec homes the whole deal but oh, yeah. i like living here like i enjoy oh, yeah. it so, yeah yeah that's that's my whole thing is we so we're living in like this little townhouse right now it's fine but i so badly i'm like let's just just move me i want to move like back to arizona a little bit where there's like it's just like planned communities and all the houses look the same but there's a park like around every single corner there's sidewalks everywhere it's like tons of kids playing and i just crave like I don't know. It's great for families. And like that, I think that's why suburbs exist is because no, every, like you don't think you need a yard until you have two kids or three kids. And you're like, we cannot sit inside anymore. We got to sit I'm telling outside. You, I'm telling you right now, like we lived in, so we lived, we moved to Utah about almost four years ago and we were living in Everett 
and we had a house there with like a tiny yard, but it was just yeah. kind of a sketchy area, um, yep. Everett, Washington. So, um, we ended up moving to Utah and we lived in an apartment for eight months while our house Oof. was being built and going from like a house to an apartment is rough. Oh yeah. But then like when we got to our house and <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I back up to a big, um, mm-hmm. field, open field yeah. and my yard is, is very big. It's like, it's a game changer. And oh, then yeah. the really nice thing is most people have kids. And so we've made like really good friends who are, um, like easier to rely on than like having family around. So oh, yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, uh, in the suburbs, I guess. Oh yeah. It's, it's not like, I know it's like bad, but I like the suburbs are great. Like yeah. send a, send all the families to the suburbs. The people without kids can go not to the suburbs. Like we can just, we can segregate the suburb people and the not suburb people. It's fine. Like I'm okay yeah, with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, when I worked downtown Salt Lake, my friends that like, you know, we're still single and like living the city dream. They would just make fun of me all the time. Oh I yeah. Out the suburbs. I had like a second kid on the way and I was like four years younger than them. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. It, it's speaking of the, the family thing, like, so you and I come from different backgrounds than I think most people that work in tech and most people, I think just in general, um, and so it's weird. I think you, we probably have the same experience where you go into a company and like at my company, I'm the youngest person. Like I'm 25, youngest person is almost 40, but there's only like most of the team doesn't have kids. Everyone's like significantly older than me for the most part. And like, I'm like the family guy who like kind of lives in the middle of nowhere. And it's just weird. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to be kind of in that, put in that bubble where like I'm the family guy, but I'm also like the kid. And it's just, I don't know, that's, it's a weird experience. Dude, it's super weird. It's really weird to explain to people. Like when I worked for, uh, I worked for the startup Bolt, um, we would have people from San Francisco come over all the time and they, they were just like so confused by the Salt Lake culture where we all had kids (laughs) and we were like younger and, um, but it's like, it's just a different lifestyle, you know? Um, yep. I kind of, that's one of the things I liked about Utah tech is, um, a lot of people that have kids and people kind of get it, but, um, working for some San Francisco based companies, it, it is weird to them. Like you have two kids in your yep. 26, like what the heck? But oh yeah, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's not that, not that weird to me. No. I feel like I, right? I feel like I waited a long time to have kids, you know, right? I had my first kid at 24. So yep. I don't know, but. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's one of those things where hopefully with remote work and things like that, you get a little bit more of that, like lifestyle diversity in companies, because I actually, this has been like a a soapbox that I've been climbing on a little bit, just in my head is startups aren't really great for people with families a lot of times, because like the expectations can be really poor around like how much you work or um, even like pay can be kind of rough because if you have a family and you're like, like my wife doesn't work. And so I need to, like, I have to maintain a certain salary level so that I can feed my kids. And like other people, if you're like just a single dude, like you can cut back expenses and you can kind of like tighten things up and be like, I'll take this, this role. But I mean, without a certain salary, like I'm gonna be homeless. So it's kind of, it's kind of a tricky thing that I think we need to, I think startups should be better about not shaming people or not putting parents in a position where they can't, I don't know, 
work in the in that this industry the same way as younger people can no it's it's a big thing um you know i would always joke with like at the time i was an eight i was an i was an account executive and i would always joke with my bdrs that like um they were richer than me yeah because they like like i had a wife i have two kids i had a mortgage and they were like sharing an apartment with three other guys and they're just all disposable income you know like Oh yeah. Buying whatever new sneaker came out. So I would always joke about that, but like, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge issue, especially like one of the things that I started to notice eventually was, um, the benefits are at mm-hmm. a startup are usually not the same as like at a big corporate company, you know, you're yep. going to take some hits on that sometimes. And definitely, um, I've, I've been on both sides of the coin where I've had like amazing benefits and I've been on the other side. It's like, man, we've got really crappy benefits in this yeah. company, but Yep. Um, but you know, now I'm self-employed, so I'm, I'm, I went all out on the health insurance. We're having a yeah. baby in like a month. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a different life. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things I was, I like for the first time, a real grown up, real job, like, Hey, sign up for benefits. And I was like, cool, this is exciting. How much per month out of my paycheck? Like, <laughs> yeah. wait, ev- every paycheck, every, like holy every cow. two weeks, wait, yeah. every two weeks. Yeah. And like, then I look at the coverage and I'm like, I still, my deductible is still $8,000. Are you kidding me? Like, it, yeah. I feel like, what am I even paying for here? And it, it sucks. And then you start doing the math. You're like, okay, well, we better not have a baby this year or this is going to get expensive. And then if you do like, oh crap, well, we better friggin' pile on all of the friggin' procedures this year that we need because we got to hit that out of pocket and we're just going to do healthcare this year, I guess. Like it's, it's a nightmare. Dude, I'm not kidding you. The year 2020, I I was unemployed for a little bit, um, but I think I spent like over twelve thousand dollars on healthcare, just healthcare alone. And so I never understood why like so many business owners are like against, not to go to you, but like the government taking over yep. healthcare. Like, yep. If I I would love it, like if right. That was, if if that was decoupled from yep. employment, but. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. that's like another thing too. So if you're joining a startup, the pay is risky, benefits are risky. Um, and a lot of times like your job stability is risky. It's really easy to blend in at a big company. Like I have friends that have worked for Adobe and they don't have to oh, yeah. stress stress a whole lot. But then I have friends that like are working for much smaller companies that are carrying the load and, and doing a lot of work. So, um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the machine's running at a big company and you're just there and you're probably like just putting something in the machine every day at a smaller company. Like if you're not there one day, machine stops and everyone's like, wait, 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 who, what, where's that guy? And that can kind of suck. Like unlimited PTO is great, but if you're a person that like wants to show up every day and you're at an eight person company, it makes it hard because you're like, if I'm not here, then my projects get stalled. But I mean, if you go to a big company, your project's probably this big and take the time off. Who cares? So I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a trade. You you, yeah. you get different things, different places for sure. Yeah, but it's more – it's also – yeah, it's like it's so much more fun to work for a small company. I think yep. um, oh, yeah. I would – I worked for a company that had about 2,000 people. That was the biggest company I ever worked for and I lasted like six months. Um, yeah. It just wasn't for me. I just knew it wasn't – Yeah. wasn't so my how, thing. So. Yeah, yeah, how I I want to shift a little bit. How big is the company you are now running? 
Um, good question. So there's one full-time employee in the U.S., and that is me. Okay. Uh, and we have four. I have four employees overseas, um, three in the Philippines and one, one in Mexico. So the three in the Philippines are salespeople that work 40 hours a week. Um, they take phone calls, uh, really great English. Uh, I've got a, a guy who's kind of a senior sales guy who can um, really hold his own uh, in terms of selling. And then I've got a couple that are kind of junior. And then I've got a, a VA who manages the website. And uh, I'm actually like paying for her to learn Google ads and Facebook ads. Cool, cool. Um, which is kind of like a weird thing to do, but uh, I felt like she has a lot of potential. Oh, so yeah. She wanted more hours and I didn't really have a lot of her to do, but I hate my PPC person. So I thought, oh, I'll fire him and then you can do it. Yeah. But he was yeah. just a guy off Upwork. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the size of the company. So very small company. And I think the vision is I will hire one person in the U.S. to, to manage it. Yep. Um, and then I will start looking for another acquisition at some point. So this is, this is crazy. See, I had this picture in my head cause like maybe you should tell everyone first what you do, but like I had this picture of like giant warehouse, whole team, like basically my, my vision is the office. And then you just walked in and you're like, Hey, I'm Michael Scott and I'm here to run the company. Yeah, no, totally. That's what people think when they're like, so you're, you're a, you're an installation supplier. So basically what we do, um, I own a company called Pacific Insulation Supply. And uh, what we essentially are is a broker of insulation. Okay. But um, there are a bunch of big distributors of insulation that are nationwide. And uh, for the small contractor or homeowner that's building a house or, you know, whatever, um, your options are usually like Home Depot or Lowe's. Yep. Yep, and they don't have the bulk that you need, and the pricing is not very good. Um, but you're also like too small to go to a lot of these big insulation distributors directly, and so that's where I kind of come in, slide right in. So um, yeah. I have relationships with like five or six different um, big suppliers, and all I, I honestly all I do is I just push POs. So people ask me for an order, I send the order to the warehouse. They hold the material, deliver the material. I carry no inventory and it's um, really, really straightforward. So uh, pretty simple job. Um, some days I wish it was harder, mm -hmm. but um, running a but business you, is hard. But you, lo you love insulation. So like you got to do it, right? Do you want to something funny today? <laughs> today I touched, I touched insulation today for the first time in my life. Really? And um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but. Um, I'm building a shed in my backyard to be my yeah. office and went and bought some insulation from Home Depot because <laughs> my warehouse is my warehouse is like an hour away from me and Home Depot is like five minutes. So there you go. Um just went and bought it at Home Depot instead. But um yeah. I think that's like a business sin. I don't I don't think you're allowed to do that. I know. Well, like and also I only sell like big packs. Like I yeah. mostly sell in bulk. And so I was going to have to buy like this big pack of insulation. <laughs> so I told my wife that and she's like, don't tell people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Luckily, like not very, very many people listen to this. So if we, That's as good. long as we don't, we don't go like super viral, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Good. So good. how did you, how did you come land? Like you want, you're going to buy an insulation supply brokerage company like that. 
first of all, like I did not even know that was a business until I saw it. Like, how how did you come across that? It's a great question. So about, let's see, it all goes back to July, 2020. Okay. I've been looking at businesses to buy since I was in college. Like I've always wanted to buy a business um, or run a business. Like my dream job was just to own a bunch of businesses and every day I just work on them in some way. So um, it didn't really become a reality until about July, 2020. Um, I got fired. Uh, so for the dumbest reason in the world, I was working remotely during the pandemic and didn't tell yeah. them that I was working from a vacation house. Ah. Uh, I'm, I'm just now finally like admitting that now that I'm like on my own, but, yeah. uh, dumbest reason in the world. And so I was talking That's to my, my father. Maddening. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, it was actually a huge blessing though. Cause it like really opened my eyes, like how unhappy I was and the yeah. roles I was taking. And my father-in-law, he's, a uh, you know, owns some businesses and he was like, you know, maybe it's time to, to start something or buy something or, you know, so I started yeah. really searching and I looked at probably 40 or 50 businesses over the last year and made some relationships with, um, business brokers. Yep. And so anyways, back in July, I found out that my wife was having a baby that we weren't planning on. And, uh, I realized Congrats. it was kind of. Thank you. Kind of realized it was now or never. And so, um, yeah, I just like, uh, started getting a little more intense with my search and was going to make an offer on a company, but I got snatched up before I could even make an offer. And then one of the brokers that I know was like, Hey, I've got this insulation supplier. It's like basically like wholesaling a drop shipping insulation. It's really easy to run. You should check it out. And so I did and made an offer and yeah, got cool. That's crazy. Bunch, but yeah, it. so yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, funny when I tell people because they're like, "Do you know anything about insulation?" <laughs> like, not, not, not at all. I mean, I do now. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, yeah. So that's how I landed on it. And now that I've ended up in the world of insulation, I think like I'm starting to see more opportunities with you know what I'm going to do with my next acquisition a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know. It's uh, it's been good. It's been good. So, so how long did it did it take from going from saying, okay, here's an insulation, an insulation brokerage, interesting, to okay, we're signing the papers. I'm getting the keys to the office that doesn't exist. Okay, so I first looked at it on a Tuesday, and then I made an offer on Friday, and wow. offer was accepted on the following Monday. Um, that was August 1st. And then I became the owner in the middle of November. So it took about three and a half months. Part of it that was like on purpose because I was scoping out the company doing due diligence mm-hmm. and just kind of making sure that this was something that I wanted to do. Um, I had to be talked off the ledge a few times. Well, of course. Um, but yeah, so because it's like a big deal. You know, I, I got oh, an yeah. SBA loan. <laughs> yeah. I got an SBA loan. Um, and like, I like to joke now that I'm a million dollars in debt, but oh, like, yeah. you know, you I got the personal I, guarantee on all those, right? Yeah. So like if, if I can't pay my payment, like they yep. can take my house, you know, and that, yep. you know, yeah, that, that, that kind of sucks, but yeah, that, that's a little uncomfy for sure. For sure. It's the best is like telling my friends who work really safe jobs. Like, yeah, I put a lien on my house to buy a business. And they're just like, are you kidding me? Why would you do that? 
Yeah. But and then they're like, the what business? And you're like, In- insulation. It's great. <laughs> insulation. Okay. Yeah. You've lost it. It's, it's for sure. But no, that, totally that's, but, that's awesome, man. But like the numbers made a lot of sense. Um, so for context, it was for sale for 1.1 million. Um, it got, you know, in the year 2021, it netted over $600,000. Wow. And so like I was getting it for a pretty good price um, relative to, you know, how much money it made. So, yep. um, obviously like you never know if that's going to repeat. So that's kind of the totally. challenge this year, but, yep. um, we're trending up, so we'll see how it goes. So what has been maybe like the biggest surprise or biggest challenge for you in making that tradition or not tradition transition? Cause I imagine that first day you go in and you have a team that you got to kind of went over and you, then you got all these customers that now you have to build new relationships. And then you have this mess that you didn't, you can, I'm sure you can do all the due diligence in the world that you want, but there's, you're going to walk in the door and there's a pile of dirty undies that you never knew existed. And how, how, like, what was there? What's the challenges there? Like, what would you warn people about if they're thinking about doing something like this? Um, yeah. So I would say like the biggest surprise to me is just like, um, not a surprise, but I guess the biggest reality that I deal with is how much it just sticks with you like at all yeah. times, you know, it's just yeah. always kind of there. Sometimes I'll be playing with my kids and I'll think like, man, if my business fails, I've like ruined their lives. Like, yeah. I, 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 you know, that kind of like, it's like kind of oh, yeah. crushing. Um, but then at the same time, like the highs are so high, like, yep. and the lows are very, very, very low. Um, and like seeing yourself just in the first 60 days, I've seen myself go from like the smallest setback would make me like spiral at first. Oh my gosh, what have I done? This business is awful. Like we're going to fail. This is so stupid to now like a bigger setback will happen and I can, you know, weather the storm. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is just the mental toll that owning and relying solely on a business for your money comes from. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I was kind of wired for this a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So now you're in it and you're building it and you said like trend in the right way. And I know you, you told me you want, like, this is basically step one in the master plan. Yeah. What can you give us like a little bit of a, a peek into what, what's next? Like what, where are you sitting five, 10 years from now? Probably on a beach, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. Um, so I have what I call five by 35, which is I want to okay. have five companies, five companies that cash flow $200,000 or more um, yeah. by the time I'm 35. So um, I turned 30 in June. Uh, so I've got five years to get four more businesses. Um, awesome. So that's the, that's the master plan. Uh, how I get there, that's kind of still to be decided, but like, um, right now I'm kind of thinking about rolling up uh, a bunch of insulation contractors mm-hmm. because I have like the insulation supply and I can kind of use that as a way to bolster growth for these insulation contractors that are very fragmented. It's a market that's just like a bunch of different people and oh yeah, um, you can make good money doing it, but like it's just it's super fragmented the best way to, to describe it yeah. so there's like one there's like one real company who's like franchising 
insulation services. They're called Koala yeah. Insulation. Um, so I don't know I'm looking at a few states that I think would be good. Maybe um, New Mexico is one that's really interesting to me. Um, but you kind of forget about that unless you love Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the idea. Um, find a find an industry that I can buy three or four of the same type of business from here. So I don't know if I like want to go into insulation contracting because I've already made this decision. So it's like, okay, now I got to justify it further. Or yeah. if it's like, this is actually a good idea. So I'm still scoping a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Is there, is there any part of you that, and I don't say this to introduce stress into your life, but like, do you worry about weighting your like portfolio too much into one industry by doing that? Yeah. So, um, that's a great question. Somebody asked it on Twitter, you know, diversify or do I just yeah stay in one? And so like John Wilson, he, you know, he has been rolling up plumbing yep. and home services out in Ohio. He very much says, you know, stick to the one and the one industry that you can know and become an expert in and get an unfair advantage in. And uh, so I don't know. I, I, I question that all the time, you know, uh, do I, do I put too many berries in the insulation basket? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a tricky one. So, man, I have to imagine that waking up every day and going and working on your business has to feel like it's this got to be kind of this sick addiction where you're like this, this is so awesome that like all the incentives are perfectly aligned because what I put in, I reap. But then there's also that soul crushing weight. So like, how do you compare that to, how does that feeling like compare to waking up every day and logging into a job where maybe you like the job, but you're working for someone else and you know, like, Hey, the founders, if, if this goes big, like, yeah, I could get a good, good payday, but the founders getting 200, 300 times what I'm getting. How, yeah. How, what's that yeah. feel like? It feels, it feels really weird. Um, but I guess I felt like it would feel different. Um, a little bit, I'm a little bit disappointed because like mm -hmm. I get excited about making changes and, and making things better. And, um, especially like when it comes to working with my employees, like I gave them two weeks of paid vacation this week mm -hmm. and they were just like through them, like just so excited. Yep. And so like seeing that impact is really, really exciting. Um, but like the hardest part is like, nobody's telling me what to do. Yeah. Like, like there's not the fear. There's like a fear when you work for somebody to like, okay, I gotta like do good because yep. I could lose my job. Yep. But now like the fear is like not really there. Nobody's watching over you. Nobody cares, yep. you know? And so yeah. it's a, it's a weird feeling, but like I was really, overwhelmed and then like one day in december we had just like crazy sales one day and i did the math and i was like i just made more money today than i would make in three months yeah at my normal job yeah so then like you start to kind of think about it that way it's like today i was taking a lot of calls you know sometimes i i don't take calls i just work on other stuff or i you know do whatever else i want to do um, and then today I decided I was going to take a bunch of calls and it feels good. It feels really good to like get in there and kind of own it. You know, like mm -hmm. you talk to somebody and you say like, Oh yeah, I'm the owner. You can get a hold yep. of me this number anytime you want. Yep. Literally they know it's like the tiniest company in the world, but like you feel cool saying it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Like... I, I have to imagine that like the, the like most stereotypical, like owner working that you associate with the business, like Lloyd Burleson, I will just always think of like the owner of a business as Lloyd, because you go to timeout and Lloyd's there and he might be making your pizza or he might just like come out and chat with you. And I have to imagine yeah. that you feel like, like you're on the phone and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm the owner. And you just got to feel a little bit like Lloyd. Uh, totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it's like. And so I actually did my, I don't know if anybody listening, Lloyd owns the pizza place in our hometown yep. that we both worked for. Um, and, uh, so when I worked there, uh, Lloyd was just like the coolest guy to work for. Oh yeah. Lloyd's awesome. It was like the best job in town, but, um, I was, you know, for like your senior project, you've got to like have a senior plan, you know, what you're going to do with your life. Yep. And I shadowed Lloyd for a day and I just was like, oh, I'm going to own a small business. That was like oh, what yeah. my plan was. But like really, I just wanted to get the project done and Lloyd said he would do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But then like when I was watching Lloyd on a day-to-day basis, I was like, yeah, I could do this. Like now he's like checking stocks, making sure people are coming into work on time. Oh yeah. You know, driving around in his cool cars. Like I could oh, do yeah. this. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you make, you make it sound, I know there's gotta be like some frustrating parts of it and it's gotta be hard, but you're putting like a little, a little fire under me. Cause I've, I've had the, like, I think you and I, we are similar in, in some of these ways. And I've had this kind of idea in the back of my head, like, yeah, I want to own businesses. And it's never felt like I've tried to try the like starting businesses route. And that's really hard. And then I've totally. been, I, I've fallen into this, like I'm very much involved in like tech Twitter, but there's this little part of Twitter that I like just peek my toes in and like follow a handful of people. And like the small business Twitter is amazing. And there's so many smart people and I watch, get to watch like people like you, like that's how we got reconnected is I just, I was just scrolling replies and I was like, Hey, I freaking know that guy. And there's all these people that are just like starting these businesses or buying these businesses. And to hear your experience, like, man, it would be so cool to have a day where you make three times what you would make in a normal job. And you got to like employ people and you got to build something for yourself. And like, I don't know, small business is like a huge part of the economy and it makes the world a better place. And I don't know, man, you're giving me... um Give me second thoughts about some life choices. You know, I think tech is like a really great place to work. Um, if you're going to like not do small business, it's the best place to be because it's, yeah. you get the best, you get the best benefits. The pay is really good. Um, you get to work on really cool projects. Um, but like for me already, it's been extremely satisfying, even though it's been extremely like heart wrenching at times. Yeah. So, I mean, the coolest part about it is it just can change your life like overnight. Oh yeah. And I didn't really understand that until like I really started to like just like we had a big December and it just like mm-hmm. blew my mind, you know, like, yeah, I do a lot of the selling, but then I have other people who sell for me and just kind of connecting those dots. Like, wait a minute, I can just hire people. They can keep selling and I can keep making money. Yep. Or like do whatever the service is. So, um, I mean, I think it's the best, the best job you can have. And I mean, I, I just, I can't see myself. I could never see myself working like 40 years yeah, punching in every single day. And then like, hopefully I had a good 401k, good little nest egg and then I retire. Yep. 
Um, I just knew that wasn't the life for me. And so like, and also like growing up in a small town, like everyone's a small business owner or yep. they work for the state or they're a teacher. Yep. So like, yep. those are like the yep. three things people do. And like, so I, I mean, it made, it wasn't as scary to me because like, you know, my, my stepdad runs a beekeeping, mm-hmm. he ran yep. a beekeeping company forever. He, and then like, you know, just everyone I was around, you know, a bunch of my friends took over their dad's farms, just oh yeah, stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, I think small business is uh, not very glamorous, mm-hmm. but uh, has some of the best earning potential yeah. out there. And um, I don't know. I think it's good. It's full of good people, full of crappy people too, but mostly good people. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. And you get to like, when you own the business, you get to design your life and design what your work hours are and all that good stuff. And you get to build your own office in your backyard. So, um, totally. Congrats, yeah. Man. I mean, I, yeah, thank you. I'd love to talk about my shed. Um, but yeah, that was like, you know, I, I kind of was looking at it like, how do I want to, how do I want this life to look? Yep. And so like by June, I'm hoping I'll hire like somebody to do the selling that I'm doing right now. So I can focus mm-hmm. on some other things, but like, that feels so weird to me. Like yeah. it feels so weird that I, I wouldn't have to wake up every day and do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm still like coming to grips with that, but, um, yeah, I'm building a shed in my backyard. Um, the guy started today, built the floor tomorrow. He's putting up the siding and then doing the roof on Friday. So, uh, it's going to be jealous. pretty sweet. Yeah. It's going to be kind of like Jerry rigged in a way because like I'm oh, just yeah. running an extension cord from my house Yep. to the thing. But like, my kids are so loud and they don't have boundaries. <laughs> yep. They don't have boundaries. And so I just like, I needed to go somewhere. I needed some separation. Oh yeah. So we're building yeah, a no, shed. I, I feel that I love, I love working from home. It's like my dad, my dad worked for the PUD. So he was, he worked like basically like 80 hours a week, my whole life. And it was like great for our family. Learned a lot from his work ethic but he's gone a lot. And so mm-hmm. working from home is like an important thing to me because I want to be around for my kids, you know? And yeah. I love that. Like when I'm on lunch, I can like eat lunch with my kids. And if my wife needs something, like I just go out of my office and I help her, you know, like it's mm-hmm. the best thing. You know, I don't have to be glued to my desk all day. If I need to get stuff done later, like I do like last night, I had to catch up on things cause I need to help my wife. So I worked like till like two in the morning, just because that's when I was awake. Like I'm a night owl guy. So I, I love that aspect of it. But then when my kid is frigging kicking my door while I'm in a meeting, that makes me crazy. And he'll just be like, dad, 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 and kick it. And then he'll knock and he'll be like, trick or treat. And he wants me to give him candy. <laughs> he comes and trick or treats my frigging door. And it's the cutest crap ever. But it's like, bro, we got to work right now. Yeah. How, how old are your kids? So m- my oldest Miller, he's what almost two and a half he's like two and four months or something like that two and five months i think and then um we have a almost six month old so nash and miller and they're fun dude they're so fun yeah those are cool names too so i've got a two i got a i got a my second is like the same age as your oldest yeah uh so i've got a five-year-old who is um Crew, He's an right? awesome kid. Yeah, crew. Crew is legit. Uh, really awesome kid. Super smart. Um, he's kind of like a puppy. He just wants to please you all the time. <laughs> yep. 
I think oldest, got, I think that's an oldest kid thing. Like I'm the same way. We just like live for the clapping. And my my yeah. oldest is the same way. Like just like what do I have to do to get your like adoration? It's an yeah, oldest yeah. thing. It's got to be. And then like I have a two and a half year old who just like she could care less. About <laughs> she just yeah. like has absolutely zero regard. Yeah. For, I'll be like Milo, Milo, what are you doing? And she just like <laughs> looks at me, blank stares, does whatever she wants. So, um, yeah, it's a hard age, but it's fun. Oh yeah. I'm, I, it's fun. Cause this two year old age is hard because especially he's starting to understand where he can like say some sentences and he can get his point across and he's starting to really understand the things that I'm saying. But like three months ago, it was like, you know what you're trying to say and you're mad that I don't understand. And he's just getting like crazy, crazy, crazy. But now like every day is a little bit better and it's just fun. Like I know three is going to yeah. be hard and four is going to be hard, but I don't know. I just kind of take the, I try to have like the mindset and I'm sure you're the same way. We're like, kids are a blessing and like, let's just try to make the most of them. Sometimes they're hard and we put them to bed early, but let's just try <laughs> to have fun with them, you know? Yeah. Honestly, like, uh, I feel like two is the worst, like yeah. three, four and five have been so much better than two, um, yeah. in my opinion. And like, it's cool. Cause like, I've got, you know, a son now that I can go camping with like tonight. Totally. Into bed, he's like, he's like, when are we going camping again? And I was like, nice. well, it's 15 degrees at night right now. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to so be a while. Now. But yeah. like, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And like, I'm, my wife is like, has this special ability of just like, she just gets kids so much, so yep. much better than I do. I love kids, but like, sometimes I get frustrated, you know? Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, why don't, why don't you do things the way I do things? Yep. But you know, they're kids. And so my wife's like always reminding me to, you know, be patient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be, be patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And I think too, cause I, like, I don't, I know your mom, your mom's one of the nicest ladies in the world, but like, I don't know. I don't know exactly how you were raised, but like my dad, I, as the oldest kid, he like treated me like I was an adult my whole life. And so I feel like I got this like kind of rough and tough upbringing where like my kid, my little siblings got it way softer than me because he like became an adult and stuff like that. But <laughs> now I feel like we're in this generation where we're just like a little nicer to our kids. And I'm like, this kid's like, he's just my little best friend. And <laughs> then sometimes I'm like, wait, wait, why are you not listening to me? And I don't know where to yeah, like, I'm your dad. I'm your right? dad. Like, <laughs> if I did that to my dad, he would have like yeah. lost his mind. And I yeah. don't know. It, you just no, try to totally. be better, I guess. I don't know. I was the last kid. And so like, oh, my siblings, my siblings tell me that I just had it so easy. And so yeah. I did, I really did. But <laughs> I was a good kid. I was a good kid. So yeah. But yeah. I, I sometimes am like that with my son, but like, at the same time, I think a lot more things are tolerated. Like he has a lot of attitude, but like, mm -hmm. I think it's funny. And I also right? kind of like, I kind of like him being, uh, okay to question authority. Yep. I, I'm okay with him being a little bit like brash. Like yeah. I want him to be, I want him to be bold and, you know, be yeah. himself. And, um, you know, sometimes that comes with a territory. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. It's cause it's one of those things where like, I don't know. I think I, I am the way that I am because I don't just accept the status quo. I don't just be like, yeah, like in boy, boy Scouts, I got in trouble all the time because they'd tell me to do things 
And it was a stupid thing to do. Like, why do I have to do it that way? And yeah, that gets you in trouble, but critical thinking is important. You can't just go with the flow. And like, if, if you were just going with the flow, you'd probably just still work your normal job, wouldn't own your business. And like life would be more boring. So I don't know. Teaching kids to question things is good. Rule followers make great employees. Oh yeah. I, I mean, there's like, everyone's wired differently, but like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I like to think to myself sometimes, like I'm raising a little entrepreneur, you know, yeah. we'll see what he does. We'll see what he yeah. does in his life. Yeah. And like my, he's probably going to work, my, work at a company for 40 years and, and just be like, sorry, dad, <laughs> I, entrepreneur life, not for me. I know. I'm like, I think about it every day. Like I'm building a legacy for my kids. And then he's going to be like, honestly, I just yeah. want to be an accountant. <laughs> yeah my kid's gonna end up like going to law school and actually being a lawyer and i'll be like bro did you not see what i did did you not listen to me tell you how boring it is to be a lawyer yeah part of it yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah being a dad's no, the best. it's the best it really is it really is and um you know having a third one i don't really know what that's gonna be like but we're just gonna be fun right good tag you did what too you do? can do the next one right I suppose. I mean, we're, <laughs> you know, it's it's like one of those things where like I was not ready to have a kid, and my when my wife was like, um, "I'm pregnant." Yeah, you guys got I, pregnant pretty quick after you got married, right? No, no, we waited like two two. I mean, depends what you call it. Like, yeah, we were married for almost three years when Chris okay. was born. So I remember that wrong. Yeah, I remember that. But wrong. um, no, we got no, married. No, really you young. got you got married pretty quick after you got home, right? Yeah, so I got home from my mission in August, basically September, and then I was married in April. Yeah, um, yeah, that I remember that. I remember that because yeah, I was yeah, still so in we, high school. Yeah, we got married super, super quick, which like is, you know, crazy to a lot of people. Yeah, uh, but, it's worked you know, out. Here you are. Yeah, we're going on eight years now, so yeah, it's, it's working out. But yeah, so we had crew about three years later, and then, but like when I found out we were having this baby, I like started laughing and i couldn't stop <laughs> laughing because i like was not ready for another kid yeah wasn't i just like started like couldn't stop laughing and you know now i'm kind of getting used to the idea and she's gonna be here in a month or so so well two girls man you're you're getting outnumbered that's crazy i'm kind of i'm kind of excited though because like me and crew are like best buddies yep and so it's kind of like you know, us versus we, them. We, yeah. we, we stay, we stay yeah. best buddies, you know, we stay, yeah. we stay together. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I would get fired from my show if I don't talk soda with you. So what, tell me what's your favorite soda? Dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Diet Coke guy. Pretty, pretty strong Diet Coke guy. Yeah. I, I'm, di- I I'm a Diet, Diet Pepsi Coke. guy. So. It's really? fine. Yeah. I can't get into it. See, it's, it's, I think it's what you start drinking first. Like my dad drank Diet Pepsi. So I drink Diet Pepsi. Like yeah, Diet yeah, Coke's totally. fine, but like give me Diet Pepsi instead of a Diet Coke every time. See, that's, yeah. I, I like was very anti diet soda when I was young and had mm-hmm. the metabolism of like, oh, yeah. You know, a young horse. Yep. Yep. But like, then like, I was like, okay, I can't drink like Mountain Dew all the time. And so then like my wife's dad, you know, he just always had Diet Coke in the fridge. We spent yep. a ton of time with my wife's family. So he just had like Diet Coke in the fridge and I just started drinking it and then yep. got hooked. And yep. now I'm like a, 
I'm a 35 pack from Costco guy now. There you go. See, I've had to, I've had to make the switch to from cans to like two liters because I did the math and it was getting way expensive to support my soda habit in can form. And I like, it's slightly cheaper to buy it in, in 44 ounce uh, or not 44 ounce, two liter. So I just like got my cup, I fill it up and I also drink less soda because it's a pain to like walk down and like take the lid off and put the ice in like, so that adding friction makes me drink less soda where if I have cans, I'll just grab one and I'll drink half of it and then I'll forget it and then I'll grab another one. So cans are expensive for me. Yeah, that's that's an interesting – I personally think like the the extra joy I get from a can, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like there's nothing better for me than just like a nice cold Ooh. can of soda. Yeah. So is that your preferred fun. medium? You're a, You're a canned soda guy? I mean, honestly, like everyone knows this, but the best soda is at McDonald's. And I okay. hate McDonald's, but like yep. a Diet Coke for McDonald's is really good. Yeah. Uh, I like it out of the fountain. Some restaurants have a good mix, but you know, by and large, Diet Coke out of the can. But I actually, you know, living in Utah, the land of like soda shops. Oh, yeah. You know, flavored soda. I like make my own concoctions at home. So, dude, I got, got it right here. I did it special for this episode. Diet Mountain Dew, um, pineapple, watermelon, mango, delicious. Wow, that is quite the, so. I'm drinking. I'll also in the spirit. Yes, I got Diet Coke, lime, strawberry, and vanilla. Ooh, which is a very good mix. Um, yeah, but yeah. I so never do, I, never do strawberry with like a brown soda. So I I like that bold. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I I, I stole it from Swig, so it's 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 pretty good. I'm a so delicious guy. I have like, like strong allegiance to so delicious. So I was going to ask you, what's your favorite, what's your favorite soda shop? Honestly, like, I feel like they're kind of all the same. I just go to Swig mm. more because Swig shares a building with my son's preschool. So okay. I just go there more, but I have a yeah. so delicious, like five minutes away too. So that's, yeah, that, that's the thing I miss most about Arizona is so delicious. I, I literally spent, I checked over a thousand dollars at so delicious in the two and a half years I lived there. And I don't regret a single penny of it. I love so delicious. Like that is on my roadmap is to either buy a so delicious franchise in Spokane or just start my own soda shop. Like one day it's going to happen. Yeah, no, there was one for sale here. It's like a knockoff. I can't remember what they're called, but it was like for sale for like 65 grand. Ooh, I can't, but like, no, they were barely turning a profit. At the yeah. Time, I think, but, yeah, there's another one here called Fizz, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. I mean, yeah, seems all right. There was one in I can't remember the one in Rexburg called Sodavine. You know, yep. Sodavine. That's also pretty yep. good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like since there's so many Mormons here, it's like coffee. You know, you go yep. get a swig. Oh yeah, go get a I, soda. My 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 I love going to the gas station getting a soda because we don't have a soda shop, so I just go to Maverick. We got a Maverick like seven minutes away ish. So a few times a week, just go down there, fill up my soda, but I wish I had a soda delicious. Have you seen, um, some gas stations now are doing like soda as a service. You can get like, like six bucks a month and you can get a drink every day. Yes. I saw that. And Maverick hasn't done it yet. I think, um, circle K is doing it. If Maverick does it, that'll be bad for me because I'll be there every day. Like 100%. I won't miss a day. 
I mean, yeah, maybe well, some Sundays I won't six, go, but six bucks. That's a great, I think, I think holiday is doing it here in Utah. I, I didn't sign. I'm pretty close to a holiday, but like, I don't really leave my house. Yeah. So I same dude. Yeah. I like rare. I leave my house, like go on a run, walk my dog, but I will go for sometimes like three, four or five days without getting in the car and going anywhere. And when I do, it's like, Man, I I have not left here for a while, but like I got everything I need, so why leave? Spend yeah, money if I leave. That's that's the truth. I my gym, I have a home gym here in my basement that's yep. I'm very proud of. And so like I literally don't have to leave for anything. Um but like I start to get a little bit crazy sometimes. Like, man, I gotta oh, yeah. get out and see I gotta get out yep. and see people. That's yep. That's probably one of the craziest things is like how much I miss just like hanging out in the office i miss yep. i i loved that like monday morning i get in talk about football for like the first hour of work and yep. like i miss i miss the like unproductiveness of being in an office because now yep. that you're like i'm at work been working from home for the last two years it's just like only production you know yep. like you're just productive yep Maybe that's like an endorsement of work from home, but like right. I miss, I, I miss, I miss being unproductive in the office. No, you know? it, it's it's part of it. Like the the days where I have little moments to just like chat with my coworkers, those are good days. And when you don't, it gets lonely. And like that's something that companies have to solve for. And like I think people have to be diligent too about if you work from home, you got to like do some social things. You got to give yourself like. Having a wife, at least for me, makes it easier because she's always like, let's go hang out with our friends. But I'm generally a, like, I don't know. I kind of just want to like watch TV and hang out with you. And she's like, no, we have to have friends. And so that helps. But still, like, when you, got kids, when you got kids, though, it's like, do I really want to go pay 50 bucks for a babysitter? I don't know if I want to do that. So, Dude, that's, uh, that's the truth. Yeah. Babysitting, that, that, that makes it costly to do almost anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I am, I will go, I like a, like a, some pretty good friends here. Yeah. Um, in fact, like some of my best friends live here and like, we've all kind of ended up in Utah pretty close by, but like, I'll go like, like a year without yep. seeing friends yep. and I won't even think about it. Yeah. But like, you know, my wife, she's very, very social. And so it kind of helps me do stuff more but one of the like my i don't really do like big new year's resolutions but one of my new year's resolutions was to go out to lunch once a week with like a friend nice and so i told my three i told my three friends (laughs) i'll be rotating in between all three of you every month so nice nice (laughs) i love that i think that's important do you do you ever wish will you ever like start a business with a person or like a partner because I was talking with one of my buddies and he he's doing like some freelance work basically for his like own like video business. And he was saying, this is really fun, but I wish I had somebody to do it with like that. Do you ever miss that? Or do you ever think like, man, maybe I'll do this with somebody so I can share some of the highs with other people. Yeah. You know, like one of my best friends, uh, we talk a lot and we've thought about it. I think like the hardest thing is like the risk of like losing that oh, yeah. person as a friend. So I think I definitely would, but I think I'd be really selective about who that partner would be. And totally. um, like with this specific friend, I don't know if it would make a lot of sense because we have very similar strengths. Yeah. So like I need somebody who's like 
very organized, very detail oriented yep. and likes the, the admin side of running a business. Yep. Cause I like the people side of running a business. Yep. I like yep. I like interfacing with the employees, customers. Um, I like swinging deals, you know, yep. that's, that's what I do. And so, yeah, I think definitely I would, I just would be really careful about who I, who I partnered up with. Um, it's hard because like I want to not split the pie though. It's yep. it's like a weird, it's a weird thing. But you want to hire your friend, not um, share equity with your friend. That might be a a good solution. Give him a good salary <laughs> yeah. and let him work with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's what I want to do. I, and so I've I've thought a lot about that. I mean, it's it's hard because like I'll meet people or like my friends that I know are really you know ambitious. I'm like, yeah, we could totally start a business together. But I think about like the downsides of starting with a friend. I'm like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. And then there's so I've started business with businesses with two friends and they're two of my like closest friends and we're still friends like businesses came and went and we're still friends. But it, it's it can be hard. And we also had like I had another friend that like brought into one of the businesses and then we basically had to like fire him. And that was rough. And now like it's weird and we're not really friends. And so yeah, it's just, it's tricky and like it can be done, but also the game that you're playing versus the game that I was playing with, like, we're talking like four digits of investment. It's a different game than like actually buying a business with like a personal guarantee and having employees. Honestly though, like it just depends on what stage of life you're in. Like yep. there was a time where like, you know, so one of my, like one of my really close friends, he started a business of renting puppies, literally would like rent puppies by the hour in Rexburg um, when we were in college. That's crazy. And at the time I thought he was crazy for spending yep. like 2000 bucks. Like that was so, I was like $2,000. Right. Are you, are you kidding me? Like these yep. money grows on trees. I probably have, <laughs> I probably only had like a thousand dollars. Yep. And so like, I, I was very like. I don't know. It all just depends on what you have riding. But like once you, I kind of like hit this point this year when I was really scoping like a year ago when I was really scoping like businesses and side hustles, like when you're a dad or a parent or you have like something to lose, if you're going to have a side hustle or you're going to start a business, it's got to be freaking worth it because oh, yeah. like every, every second that you're working on this side hustle, this business, whatever it is, you're like taking away from your family. Yep. And so I, once I kind of hit that realization, it like made going bigger, not as scary. And in fact, now I would go even bigger. Like if yep. I could, if I could, I would get the biggest business I possibly could. And, um, yep. you know, you can max out, you can get up to $5 million worth of SBA loans. So I'm, I'm planning on maxing out the $5 yeah. million, yeah. um, you know, a, loans on businesses. So yeah. Is what was that process like? Was that, was that hard? Was that sucky? I mean, I can't imagine it was fun. Um, yeah. So like, it really is not that hard. It's just like time consuming. It's like getting yeah. a mortgage. It's like getting three mortgages at once. Like yep. you, you have to like, man, just go through so many hoops and you know, they're not only interviewing you, they're looking to make sure the business can support yep. the loan and, um, there's just like a lot of stuff that goes into it, but like, I was surprised, I was kind of waiting for someone to tell me no all along mm -hmm. the way. 
you know, like, okay, maybe the seller is going to screw me over. He didn't, maybe the bank will, they didn't. Yep. Maybe my wife will No. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just like, I was kind of waiting. So I, I did it slowly. And, you know, there were some days where I wouldn't do anything on it. I would yep. just like sit and think, but, um, it was a hard process, but it's not like, honestly, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah. Like genu- generally, if I, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, man. I think, um, it's fun. Where did you get like the big inspiration? Like, was there a, was it just like hanging out with your father-in-law and he's like, you got to do it. Or did you get on Twitter and you're seeing all these people doing it and you're like, man, if they can do it, I can do it. Or like, cause I know for me, the Twitter stuff, I like, I live on Twitter. It's, it's how I've made most of my friends that I don't know in person. I've met through Twitter. I've learned a ton of things. Twitter's great. And I get like a ton of FOMO on there and it's how I even got into startups at all. Um, so was that, did that influence it or was it just like, I got to do this and I'm going to figure it out? Yeah. So like, I didn't even know people did it like mm-hmm. the way that it's being done or the way that I did it. I just like, okay, I knew I could get an SBA loan. I kind of learned the process. And then like, I was like, oh, I should probably buy a book, you know, mm-hmm. and read about it. So I bought a book called Buy Then Build by Walker yeah. Diebel. It's kind of the, you know, entrepreneurial yep. through acquisition handbook and read it once in about a day. It's pretty short. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, people are doing this. And I looked up interviews of the guy, found a podcast, found another podcast. And they were like, this is all while I'm like going through the process. Yep. And then one day I was kind of lurking and following people. I'm like, I have a, I have a burner that I mm-hmm. use to watch, you know, Seattle sports stuff. Yep. And so I was kind of, you know, on that burner. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to start after I got like my commitment letter from the bank, I was like, I'm going to start a Twitter and just like document this experience. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I don't know, I guess the inspiration was just like doing it, but mm-hmm. then I was like validated by the fact that other people yeah. were doing this all the time too. So it was uh, yeah. helpful. Are you enjoying the build in public? Like, do you find that helpful to you to kind of share what you're doing and get feedback from other people? Has that been mostly positive? Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is just like getting access to people that are just so much smarter than me that yeah. I would otherwise not have access to. So like, um, an issue came up yesterday with my business, um, regarding taxes yeah. and the previous owner. And I was like, shoot, am I going to be on the hook for all this sales tax that he didn't pay? Yeah. Shot a, a DM to SMB acquisition yeah. attorney. Yeah. And I was on the phone with him like 10 minutes later. Nice. And he was exp- he was explaining what I needed to look through my documents and what I needed to make sure I had and um yeah went through my stuff and I was I was covered so like where else could I get that from or like, totally um you know I'm trying to do a roll up of a bunch of an acquisition there's a guy here in Utah who's doing that and you know I had breakfast with him last week yeah he's he's giving me his playbook of how he looks at it how he studies it how he you know figures out how yeah. to do it. And, um, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's helpful. And also like, it just feels good to have like something crappy happens. I can tweet it and people yeah. are like, Oh man, that's totally happened to me. Like that yeah. sucks. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah, totally. It's, um, you're, I think you're at like what you're over a thousand followers, maybe 1200, 1300 around there. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've been watching and if, 
trajectory keeps going, you're going to dethrone me for person from afraid of high school that I know of that has the most followers. So I'm a little bummed, um, but it's fine. It's a very exclusive list because I don't know that many people that went to afraid of high school. They're on Twitter, but it's I'm fine. sure there's some like I'm sure there's some like some frag or some like sorority girl who has oh, like yeah. a ton, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm sure there's somebody that's like an anonymous account that's like in NFTs or something or like weird gaming. art or something. Yeah, like gaming, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah, esports. Yeah, there's probably yeah. something like that. No, yeah, I had, but, I honestly had like no, I did not think that anybody would want to follow me. And I mean, it's, it's cool to like not tweet to nobody. Yep. Like, oh yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, but, that's, that's my, that's. Over in the last like year and a half, I got like serious about Twitter, which basically meant I just like actually tweeted. And now I have like 1500 followers, which isn't a lot, but it's a fun amount because people reply to things and that makes it way more fun than when you like people don't reply to everything, but like maybe every third tweet, people will share things and it's fun. Like I can tweet things out and get interaction and then like the feedback and the support and that's, that's what makes it all fun, I think. So, no, yeah, I think like, uh, what's really important is like, you like are creating a group of people to chat with, like, totally. Sometimes I'll see, I'll see people that have like 5,000 followers, but like they're never engaging with anyone else or like yep. being engaged with. So I'm like, why, why even have it? Like what's yep. even the point? Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been cool. And, um, you know, like I said, being able to meet people who are super smart, you know, and. I mean, I've met people who want to invest with me. Like, yeah. like, hey, if you find another deal, let me know. I'm looking for a deal to invest in. Totally. Like, that's crazy to me. That's just absolutely nuts to me that like somebody would see my tweets and be like, oh, I'll give this guy some money. Right. Right. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy. Absurd, but, yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. It's awesome but, though. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and for me, like I got my job because of Twitter and that's crazy. You know, like I sent a DM. Now I have a job. I make more money than... I thought I would make out of school, which is awesome. Like, I don't have to be a lawyer. I get to work on things I care about. It's sweet. I get to like work in an industry that I've dreamed of working in for years. Like to work yeah. at a venture backed startup was a dream of mine. And I thought like, man, this is going to be really hard. And now I get to do it. It's really cool. And it all just was a friggin' Twitter DM. And like when I, there was this, this transition in my head where I went from like, I, oh, I want a lot of followers to like, oh, I want a lot of friends. And I, I think that there are people that are like tweeting clearly because they want an audience and then people that are tweeting because they, this is just what they do. Like they're sharing their life. They're being genuine. And those are the kinds of people that I'm like, oh, I want to talk to you. Like I used to be, I did have had a podcast before where I interviewed like really, really awesome people, but I was really worried about like how many followers do they have? Like how much clout can I get from them? Like retweeting the the podcast episode and stuff like that. And this time around, I'm like, I don't freaking care if you have 12 followers. If you're interesting and we're, we can be friends, like let's friggin' drink soda and talk about anything like that. When that changed, Twitter got, when my perspective on that changed, Twitter got way more fun and way more valuable. No, totally. And like the people that, <laughs> like there's a guy who uh, he talks to me every now and then I follow him, but he's probably got like maybe 50 or 60 followers. So yeah. like he owns, he owns like three awesome businesses in yeah. Montana. And like, 
he's probably a millionaire. Yeah. Like yep. realistic. He's probably, oh, probably yeah. a millionaire. And then there's like people that I know that have like 10,000 followers that are like nowhere near that. Oh but, yeah. So yeah, like it, it really is cool. Like just to connect with, with people and like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like having a lot of followers, like a ton of followers would almost kind of suck. Oh, it would totally suck. It would totally suck. You'd like, Everybody, how do you, how do you filter through what actually matters? You you don't like anytime you, know? you tweet anything like there's a sweaty startup guy, that guy, he's right. smart. I don't, I don't like him very much. I think he's kind of a pain in the yeah, ass. He's, um, yeah, I agree. He, he's become kind of a caricature of himself. And, but that guy, he has so many followers that anytime he tweets anything, the world is just like, you're an idiot. This sucks. Or you're the best, like just kissing his butt. Like there's so much noise that it wouldn't be fun, but you have like this sweet spot of like over a thousand, less than a hundred thousand or less than 50,000 where you can get like 10 replies and have fun. But like the the big number sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The sweaty startup thing is like, he is like, the most polarizing figure. <laughs> oh yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. I asked him to be on my, po- my old podcast, like probably two years ago when he was not like, he had like maybe like less than 10,000 followers. He was not like a huge guy. And he told me I've had, I had people on my podcast that were way bigger, like celebrities than him. I had somebody on my podcast that was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like Joe Rogan and I are podcast at podcast. Eskimo brothers. Hey, that's cool. That's really <laughs> right? cool. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. So I was like, it's not like the best podcast ever, but like, we're like semi legit. And he was like, well, let me know when you hit like 10,000 downloads per month. And we did not do 10,000 downloads per month. And then I'll talk to you. And I was like, cool. If you don't want to come on my podcast now, you never get to come on my podcast ever. <laughs> so he's like, yep. he's on my bad list forever because he didn't want to come on my podcast. He thought he was too big. Yeah. It's just all about what he could get out of it. I mean, it's yeah. kind of weird. Sometimes I wonder like someone like that, who is obviously rich. Oh yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know? Right. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? If I was, yeah. if I was rich like that, I mean, I would just be kind of like these with uh Jack and the, like Mark Andreessen. Yeah. was like battling. Like what are you guys doing? Guys, guys, you're both billionaires. Like <laughs> yeah. just go be billionaires, go do yeah. billionaire stuff. Like, why that's are you actually, yeah, that's why I, on Twitter? Seriously, it's like, it's so silly to me. And that's why I actually respect Jeff Bezos a lot. Everyone like rips the guy a new one over like some of the cringy stuff, but he's just out there like <laughs> living his best life. Like, sure. Like, I'm not a big fan of like leaving your wife and things like that. But like, <laughs> I don't know. The dude's like got his like cute new girlfriend and he's doing his like going on his yacht, he earned all his money and he's just like living it up. I don't know. I can't blame a guy for that. Dude, the best person is Tom from MySpace. You ever checked out his Instagram? Uh-uh. Go check out Tom. I can't remember his last name, but Tom from MySpace's Instagram is legit. He's just a photographer and he's a, I mean, he's a billionaire. Yeah. And he just like, he just takes photos and just I love travels it. the world and does his thing. Like I love it. He's not like Zuckerberg, you know, he's not trying to like, spy on your house or anything yeah yeah, that's a good i always want you know i think that like if i was rich i would just you know right off into the sunset but like i know i'm a busy body and i would still be trying to figure out something to do yeah 
Yeah, I think there the people that get rich, they love the game too much to leave the game. But it's like finding the right balance of like, I don't know, even Michael Jordan has to retire, you know, so finding like how you can keep those competitive juices flowing and in a way that like works for you, works for your family. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. it's good problems to have in 10 years, you know, give yeah, yourself like, some time. It's like Logan from Succession. I don't know if you watch yeah. Succession. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Logan, like he just loves he loves making deals. You know, he loves making deals oh, too yeah. much to walk away. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that last season was crazy. It was crazy. I'm finishing up season three right now. You haven't finished I'm, it. Oh, okay. I haven't finished it. I'm like, yeah. I'm at the yeah, I'm at the part right now where um, like. I'm pretty sure Shiv is about to turn on Logan, but she hasn't yet. But I'm pretty sure she's about to. Mm. Like they're, it's, it's they're picking uh, the next president. They're picking they yep. picked the next president last night. So okay, yeah. Um, let me know when you finish because that last season is the the last episode is awesome. The last like two three episodes crazy, awesome build up. Um, jealous yeah, of I'm you excited. that you get to watch it for the first time. It's awesome. And that, that's how I felt about. Um, when I when I like people are watching Breaking Bad for the first time, yep. I'm like, oh man, I I just wish I could watch it again for the first time. Oh yeah, it's, oh yeah, because so I've I've tried to go back and watch Breaking Bad a few times, um, and I like love it, I appreciate it, but then it's so dark. They like I have to like watch it in spurts where I'm like, oh man, this is actually like really depressing when I'm not in like the hype and momentum of like this is crazy. I don't know what's going to happen next. And so like that first watch is such a special little, a special little gift. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And then there are like, there are some shows you can watch over and over again. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big better call Saul fan. Like, okay. I love, I love Saul Goodman, like his character, everything oh, yeah. about him, the way he talks, but I'm just a big Bob Odenkirk fan in general. Bob's great. So, yeah. yeah. I, okay. I haven't finished. So- Better Call Saul. I've watched like season one and season two. I couldn't get into it as much as Breaking Bad. Um, but like, my, yeah, it is. My like big shows that I rewatch, um, I think you should leave, which is of amazing. Of course. Like, I'm right there with too you. Too many like, times. I'm like 20 times through. The, oh, yeah. Yeah. Full you, just, you just turn it back on. It's one of those shows that when people come over, if they haven't seen it, I show it. And it's like a good gauge of like, we can be friends. Or we're not going to be that good of friends. So how how weird is this person going to think I am? Exactly. When exactly. I show them, I think you should leave. Yep. And, and that's a I've connected with one of my coworkers who likes it also, and it's like the best thing. We just it's like a bond. I think you should leave is a great bonding tool. But it really is. Also, I love Ted Lasso. Have you done Ted Lasso? Yeah, I like I like Ted Lasso. It's a good show. Yeah. That's that's a red flag right there. You said I like Ted Lasso. That's fine. No, um, I like it. I thought the first season was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I thought the second season was like a little too much, like the first season. Okay, but okay. I did love the I did love the way that it ended. Yeah, like I thought that I thought that they they le- they left me excited for season three. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was a that was the good a good cliffhanger. My last yeah. one that I'm just gonna mention because it's my show and I can say whatever I want. Um, have you watched Last Man on Earth? Yes, my favorite. Like debatably my favorite show that and my favorite show they got canceled too early um i've seen it all four or five times probably and it's just yeah like me and tucker we just quote that like back and forth to each other all the time 
See, I remember it was we, me and my wife watched it when it was like coming out. Yeah. Um, but I don't even know if I finished it, but it's really funny. Like Will Forte is obviously amazing. He's amazing. My, my shows that I rewatch, obviously I think you should leave, but like number one, my number one of all time is Arrested Development. Like I'm, okay. I'm a diehard Arrested Development fan. Oh yeah. I watched it when I was young because my siblings watched it. Yeah. And then I watched it again when I was 18 and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the funniest freaking show. Oh yeah. And now it's like I watch I still just like will turn it off sometimes, <laughs> but um that's like yeah. up there for me. And then uh I would say 30 Rock is probably the next one that I would I can I can watch 30 Rock a million times. Yep. Yeah. But one, that, one that was another like weird random show that's actually super funny is called Trial and Error. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. It was on NBC, but like it basically was like a joke on the Netflix show The Staircase. Have you seen that okay. documentary? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's like the Duke, the Duke professor who like allegedly pushes his wife down the stairs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it's like a spoof on that a mockumentary type style, and it's super funny. Like some of the funniest TV I've ever seen, but it just like never caught on. But there's like two seasons, and I'm always trying to find it. We have to mm-hmm. download it somewhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the office? You did the office? I like the office. I think it's a little overhyped. Uh, I've seen it 15 times at least. So I oh, agree. No, I've, I've seen. I've, I've probably seen it like five times through. I love it. It's funny. Yeah. But it's become like yeah. I, I was watching it when it was like coming out live too, and at the time, Thirty Rock was like funnier. I thought. I thought Thirty Rock okay. was like a funnier show, and yeah. then. Like actually community is another show that I can rewatch over and over great. again. But but like The Office obviously is like an amazing show. There's no debating that. Yeah. But I do wish they would have cut it off sooner. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's my it's like Scrubs. I love Scrubs. Scrubs went on too long. Yeah. It went on too long. That's and ending a TV show the right way, one of the hardest things. Super hard. Yeah, it's like yeah, <laughs> possible. Okay, well, um, it's getting late, and um, we should probably wrap this up. This was super fun. Um, we have to do the lightning round, though. So, okay, what does that um, mean? Light, lightning round's five questions, and I didn't give okay. you a heads up what they were before, so just rattle them Great. off the top of your head. Um, what is a startup that you wish existed? So, another way to phrase this: What's a problem that you wish somebody would solve? Easy. So, um, I've always wanted to start this. I want to call it. Um, like fetch or something but basically what it is is like uh like your startup works with a bigger company and all they do is like fetch so like hey i've got all these employees that need to get their tires rotated who need to get who need to return all these boxes to the freaking ups for amazon and like you just show up on a certain day and you do all these chores and nice basically just like chores as a service but on a corporate level like that so it's like a personal assistant for every one of yeah. the employees. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great idea. I think there's there's I've heard of like some dentists will like they'll bring in like a car detailing company to like detail everyone's cars. And yep. having like a company that that will facilitate basically like bringing people in to do chores for people and help do like I love it. I think it's great. I think that there's yeah. a huge opportunity of like when people congregate in one area then you can do things like at scale better. And I like, I think people need that, like need things like that, especially like when you go to an office and you work somewhere all day, you're like, I got to get my friggin' tires changed. When am I going to do that? 
Like that's time right. away from my family. Right. Or like, oh, I got to go pick up this thing at Target for my wife, but like right. I don't have time to do that, you know? Yeah, just little stuff like that. I'm, I'm sure there's a way like you could create an app and make it, you know, tech tech forward so you can make this, oh, yeah. you know, tasks a little easier. But yeah, you know, I thought about that. I wanted to do that. Um, I wanted to try it. And then COVID happened. So then like nobody was in the office. Yep. I was like, well, you can't yep. really do that. So yeah. That's a good idea though. Might I might steal that one. Um, um what is the last book you read? Like the actual like last book I read, you want to know the honest truth? Yeah. Um, I'm I work at the young men in our church and there you I, go. We just we read the Book of Mormon in, in three go. months. So that was the awesome. last book I read. Just finished it awesome. a week ago. Nice. Congrats, man. Congrats. Yeah. Um we the the fact that we're in the old testament, I teach primary is um it's kind of a bummer to me man like the old testament is is rough to get through so to be honest fine. i'm trying to read the new testament in three months now i just decided like that's just what i'm gonna do see i tried to read the new testament on my mission i got so tired of reading the same thing over and over <laughs> like it is, those first yeah, three books yeah i i like yeah it's 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 a, it's a challenge yeah that's the really the only thing I read anymore. Yeah. I used to read like, I used to read like a lot of sales books and like business books. And then I just kind of realized like, this is just a temporary high and I'm never yeah. actually getting anything out of this. Yeah. And so I don't really read books to better myself anymore. I just yeah. try to like better myself. Yeah. I've and gotten, fail, and, fail, and fail at that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten really into listening to fiction books. Like I got a library card, got the, the Libby app my wife and I have been listening to like this six book series for like a month and we're like finishing it like 120 cool. hours and we're listening to the same book at the same time. Super fun. Cause like we can talk about it and it's just like listening to TV. It's great. Love it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what's the last movie you watched? Last movie. I'm not a big movie guy at all, uh, but the last movie I watched was free guy. Okay. Was it good? That was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. See, I kept seeing, I feel like I saw that trailer for like two years because COVID kept pushing it back. And oh, really? I, don't, I don't really know how I feel about Ryan Reynolds, but everyone told me it's good. So Dude, I kind of feel the same way. I, I feel like I liked Ryan Reynolds, but now it's like, he's Ryan Reynolds, mm -hmm. you know, he's bigger than, he's bigger than the movie. And I have yep. a hard time watching movies where the actor is bigger than the movie. Yep. Yep. What is the last concert you attended? Oh, so I recently went to Dawes, um, which is a alternative oh, yeah. rock band. So Dawes is one of my favorite bands. I recently saw them. I was supposed to see Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem cool. and, like later this week, but his tour got canceled because of COVID. So Bummer. sucks, man. Sucks. But you're in a good place for concerts. Like a lot of concerts Sometimes. go through Salt Lake City. More than Spokane. Sometimes. More than Spokane. Yeah, more than Spokane. I miss living in Seattle. Like, yeah. everything came through Seattle. But everything. now it's like a lot of places skip, go straight from Denver to Phoenix and skip right yeah. over us. Yeah, that living in Arizona was great. Great for concerts. Spokane oh, yeah, sucks. But and Spokane sucks because it's too far. Like, to drive to Seattle is just a little too far for a weekday. So, yeah, for sure. It's fine. But. I can't believe we made it through the whole show without talking music. We'll have to yeah. have another have another show where we just talk music. 
Um, yeah, for which, sure. Great recommendations lately. Appreciate it. Keep them coming. Um, but we got to We got to get the last question out here. Um, if you could have dinner with two people, one person's dead, one person's alive. Um, obviously at the dinner, they're both alive, but, um, who would you pick? Oh man. Um, one person that's dead, man, like this is probably kind of like cheesy, but man, I've got a grandpa who's just like legit. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I, I didn't really understand how legit he was until he died, but like served yeah. the Navy, small business owner, just like the whole deal. Mayor of this like little town in Montana, nice. total outdoorsman. Um, I would love to have dinner with him. Um, and like, it would probably be kind of weird, <laughs> but I don't know. Probably like, man, I gotta say some, someone like Ken Griffey jr. I don't know what the three of us would do. But right. Like, man, Griffey would probably be up there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be, that'd be a sweet dinner. I'd come to that dinner. It'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had lunch once with Jay Buner. Um, sweet. he's a good dude, but, uh, not quite. It was nah. supposed to be Robinson Cano, but then Ooh. like the Mariners, the Mariners had like a getaway game. And so then he had to leave early. So they replaced him with Jay Buner. It was like this Alaska Airlines gold member. Yeah. Thing. But, um, Jay Buner was pretty sweet, but yeah, probably Griffey. Um, someone like that. You honestly, like, I would be really bummed if I got promised a dinner with Robinson Cano and then had dinner with Jay Buner, but I bet it was, it would be more fun to have dinner with Jay Buner than Robinson Cano. Like I've been around Robinson Cano a few times at spring training and I just don't get the vibes that he would be like super like chatty. Yeah. We like got to meet him and it was pretty lame to be honest. Um, I've, I've met like some cool professional athletes and he is not one of them. The coolest I've ever met is Clay Thompson, like by far. Yeah. Clay Thompson is the coolest professional athlete I've met, but how'd you meet him? Uh, knew a guy who knew a guy. There you go. No, uh, good friend played for Wazoo when I was young. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Duh. That's a stupid question. Um, um, did you play against, well, I mean, you didn't play, you play basketball. Oh, I played for three years in high school. Okay. Do you remember how it was, I think, are you younger or older than Cole Christensen? I am one year younger. Okay. So you remember when we played Chelan, when Joe Harris was at Chelan? Oh, dude. And I played Joe, I played Joe Harris so many times in basketball, like throughout the years. I played yeah. him in JV ball. Um, I've, I've played him a bunch of times. Yeah, that was um I, I was at that game. I remember like that. That was crazy. Cole played pretty well. Um and um Joe Harris was friggin' insane. But like he's made a friggin' pretty cool career for himself. I think like Oh has, yeah. Like one at least a one ring, I'm pretty sure, right? I'm not sure if he's won a ring. I mean, the biggest thing is he like oh yeah, I think he did with Cleveland. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean he's just turned into a he won the three point shootout. The pride of Chelan, you know? It's crazy. I just love that he, like, played basketball any Friday high school at one point. Like, that's pretty sweet. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we used to play him all the time in tournaments and stuff. But, yeah, was he was he cool? I mean, I guess you don't have to say if he, was, if he wasn't, but. Uh, I've heard some stories, but, yeah, he's <laughs> a nice guy. Yeah, I okay, knew some of cool, his cool. family, too, a little bit. Cool. 
Well, um, that's the end of the show. Um, if people want to connect with you, where can where can they find you? Um, probably Twitter is the best place. Lumberyard Damon. Um, the name of my holding company is Lumberyard Capital, uh, awesome. named after that grandfather who owned a lumberyard. There you so go. Lumberyard Capital um, is the, awesome. the name. Sweet. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for joining us and um, take care.